if you could come one step forward. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره Once one Arif was a member and he was told, ask people, you know, uh, to come in one step forward. So the person who was caretaker of the mosque was asked to announce this. So he said, may Allah have his mercy on whoever makes one step forward. So that Arif came down from Mimbar and said, there is no need to speak. All prophets, all saints have come to ask us to make one step. And that is to put our step on ourselves, on our selfishness. So he didn't continue. But because I am not Arif, so I'm going to continue. Our topic tonight is Riyaza. After Al-I'tisamu Billah Or holding fast to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The state of Riyadh is mentioned The late Khaja Nasiruddin Tusi In his book Awsaf al-Ashraf Mentions the state of Riyadh But not in this order But I am following the order of Manazil al-Sairin Because last year we followed this order But they both agree on the necessity of fulfilling the requirements of this state of riyadha. Riyadha in Arabic means practice. And today in modern Arabic, riyadha means sport. If you go to schools in any Arabic-speaking countries, you find on the curriculum, Sa'atul Riyadha means sport. Or on Arab channels, you know, have Alam al-Riyaza, for example, when there are news about sport. So Riyaza means practice, and it may be physical practice, like a sport. It may be a spiritual practice, which is our topic tonight. Imam Ali, alayhi salam, in Nahjul Balaq, letter 45, has used this term with this meaning. This is my soul. I educate it with piety. So it's a sort of education and purifying of your soul. It's a sort of practice. So when Imam Ali is, you know, doing this, educating his soul, so no one should say we are not in need of this. The idea is very simple. We human beings are created with lots of potentiality. 
when we are created, just very little amount of our potentialities are actualized. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, referring to our knowledge, says, هُوَ الَّذِي أَخْرَجَكُمْ مَنْ بُطُونَ أُمَّهَاتَكُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ الشَّيْئَةِ He is the one who brings you out of the womb of your mother while you don't know anything. So in that state, our knowledge is nothing. But you know, many, many things we can learn. Even those who are top scholars in any field, the amount of uh, intellectual capacity that they have used, maybe is one in 100. We can never exhaust our intellectual capacity. Sometimes you may think, how is it possible to, for example, memorize the Quran? How can our mind, you know, accommodate whole Quran? But we have people who have memorized Quran, who have memorized Sahifa, who have memorized Nahjul Balab. And I am sure we can memorize even more. We never exhaust the talents that Allah has given us. In physical aspect, which is the more limited one, still there are many, many things that we can do, but we normally don't do. We may think that, for example, we cannot survive without food except for two, three days. But I have seen someone who ate just water for 40 days. He was on a special therapy. He was asked not to eat anything. For 40 days, he survived just with water. We can survive. Sometimes, you know, after earthquakes, you see that sometimes... People, especially children, survive after 10 days, 11 days without food, without water. They survive. Sometimes we think that if we walk, we cannot walk more than maybe 20 kilometers, 30 kilometers. But when there is need, when there is practice, when there is training, maybe you can walk hundreds of kilometers. Sometimes people who are disabled, you know, they have problems in mobility. They do things that we cannot do because we have not had that practice. I have seen someone that was able to paint with uh, his foot. I cannot paint with my hands, but that man was able to paint with foot. So this is a matter of practice and training. So Allah has given us so many potentialities, so many talents, that normally we are not using that. When it comes to a spirituality, it's the same. I don't know if you have reflected on this ayah. There is a very important point in this ayah. لَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمْ وَحَمَلْنَاهُمْ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that He has honored human beings. And He has given us the possibility of moving in the, on the earth or in the water. And He has given us tayyibat. And then He says, وَفَضَّلْنَاهُمْ 
And we have made human beings superior to many of the things that we have created. It's very important. Allah doesn't say we have made human beings superior to whatever else we have created. While in another ayah, after mentioning different phases of our creation, Allah says, When our creation completes and our spirit is given, Allah says, may be blessed the one who is the best creator. So we must be the best creature, that he is the best creator. So why Allah says that he is the best creator when he completes the creation of human being. But here he says that he has given us superiority not on all his creatures, on many of his creatures. Our ulama explained that the reason is this. This ayah refers to the state of creation while we are still potential. The human being when he is created is not better than angels. Angels are better than human beings. By birth. But we have the possibility of upgrade ourselves, of building ourselves to reach a state in which we can be better than anything created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we are in a state of potentiality. Of course, not only we can upgrade ourselves, we can degrade ourselves. So this is not guaranteed that we will always remain superior to many things. No. We may be inferior to everything. Okay. When this is the case, so we must be alert. And we must educate ourselves. We must practice. We must train. So that we can get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and closer. So this is simply the point behind the idea of riyaza. The late Khaja Nasir al-Din Tusi mentions three aims for riyaza. The first aim of riyaza, the first aim of spiritual practice and education and training is to get rid of all the obstacles. Normally, when we grow up, we grow up with many obstacles. We are fastened by many chains and ropes. These may be caused by wrong culture, by wrong customs, by superstitions, by bad training, by our own bad habits. There are many, many chains fastened around us. And we are like a bird 
If a bird is fastened to, for example, a rock or a solid, you know, for example, thing, a piece of wood, this bird cannot fly. Someone must untie so that the bird can fly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says one of the tasks of the prophets was to untie and to remove all these chains. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't come to restrict us. Didn't come to limit us. He came to free us. To liberate us. To remove all those chains that either ourselves or other people have fastened around us. So the prophets are to liberate. If we want to get, up, get rid of these chains, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes these chains have somehow been, uh, you know, very much attached to our skin. If you want to remove, if you, for example, you know, have a chain around your hand for several months, then your flesh and skin maybe go inside the chain. And if you remove the chain, it may bleed. It's very painful. But there is no way other than removing these chains. So we must be prepared to undertake all the pains so that we can become free. Sometimes we are so much attached to our bad customs, to our cultural, you know, deficiencies and, you know, shortcomings and superstitions, that we cannot get rid of them. Once a person was, uh, you know, in difficulty with his son. So his son was not, you know, obeying him. And one of the things which was very bad in that time, was to eat tomato. Because tomato was something brought from foreign countries. Still in Iran, we call tomato goje farangi. Farang means western world. So it was something brought from outside. This was not something belonged to the culture of the nation. Okay? So people were not happy with Eating goji farangi. So this man once saw that his son brought a pocket, plastic bag, with tomato. He was very angry. He said, today we must settle the problem. You did everything, I kept silent. You didn't say your prayer, I kept silent. You didn't fast, I kept silent. But now you bring tomato? I cannot keep silent. This may be very ridiculous, but this is the mentality of many people. If you compromise about your face, it's okay. But if you don't compromise about some of the cultural things, they cannot tolerate. We need someone to liberate us from this. I am not against, you know, cultures or customs. They are good, but provided they don't make 
obstacles. They don't resist against our improvement. So we need to do some practice. So by Riyaza we can do this. Gradually. If you want to remove, for example, a very a strong and very thick wall, you cannot do it suddenly, quickly. But if you do it gradually, you can remove it. You can, even you may be able to remove maybe a hill if you do it gradually and wisely with practice. The story of, you know, Khosro and Shirin. These are two famous, you know, uh, lovers. And Khosro was in love of Shirin. And Shirin asked Khosro, if you want to prove that you love me, because in the past they used to have these tests. Today there is no this test. So after marriage, unfortunately sometimes, you know, there is failure. They realize that they don't really love each other. But in the past, before marriage, they could make sure that they really love each other by doing some tests. So if you love me, you must move this mountain from this place to another place. And Khosro, because of the love that he had for Shirin, moved the mountain. Because love gives you such a power that you can do everything. And you can mobilize all the power that you have. We have lots of power. By love you can do it everything. So we need to do it gradually. And this is why we have a little good thing that you do regularly is better than great deal of good work that you do it just one off. You know, some people, you know, for example, they say, okay, tonight is good night, so let's say prayer. So they do tens of rakah of prayer, then in other nights they do nothing. Or today is a good day for recitation of Quran. So they recite several hours, then in other days there is nothing. It's better if you do a little, but regularly and constantly. If something is little, because this is like, you know, dosage of medicine. If doctor gives you some tablets to take for a month, you cannot take it in one day. You must take it as prescribed, little by little, so that it can affect. Otherwise, not only it will not be useful, sometimes it will be poisonous. If we overload ourselves with spiritual things, with du'as, with recitation of Quran, with ziyara, it will be sometimes very dangerous. Because our soul is like a horse, if not like a donkey. If you overload too much on the horse, the horse may rebel and may hurt you. So you must be very careful. Gradually, regularly, but constantly. It's very important. We must practice.
This is why we see that the people who were very clever, instead of focusing on quantity, they focus on quality. We shouldn't ignore quantity. Quantity is important. But quantity must serve quality. You heard that once the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked who is the one who recites whole Quran every night sorry every day and worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every night and fasts all the months of the year so people were shocked this must be someone very strange who never eats never sleeps and always recites the Quran to recite Quran you know every day whole Quran it must be very strange and then Salman said me so someone who maybe was somehow jealous or whatsoever went to the prophet and said Salman is lying I saw him sleeping I saw him eating how can he always be fasting and you know Worshipping Allah in the night. So the Prophet said, go and ask himself. And he said, when I want to sleep, I sleep with wuzu. And whoever sleeps with wuzu, his sleep is counted as worship. Every day I recite three times Surah Tawheed. And this is equal to recitation of whole Quran. And three Days in the month, I fast. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Man hasana falahu ashra amsala. So three in ten would be thirty. So you see, Salman was very clever. He did all these things constantly, but focusing on quality. If he wanted to, just for example, you know, Recite Quran all the day and night, like some people that do. They don't have any, you know, thing, any commitment. They just recite Quran. Then he couldn't do other things. But he was very clever. So we must do good things regularly and constantly. This is very important. So by practice, we can get rid of obstacles. This is very important. The second thing is by practice, we can make our soul, our spirit, strong enough to resist against temptations. You know that the first stage is, the first stage of the soul is nafsa ammare. The soul which is commanding to do bad things. In Surah Yusuf, the Prophet Yusuf salam says, وَمَا أُبَرَّ نَفْسِي إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ بِالسُّوءٍ إِلَّا مَا رَحْمَ رَبِّي According to famous interpretation, this is the saying of Yusuf. There is another possibility that this is the saying of Zulaikha. If you recite the Quran, this is also possible, that this is the saying of Zulaikha. 
but famous interpretation this is a saying of Prophet Yusuf the Prophet Yusuf says I am not denying that I may have some shortcomings I may have some failures I am not saying that I am totally pure and clean why? Because this is the nature of human soul that makes temptation and commands to do bad things. And Imam Sajjad alayhi salam in Munajat Khamsata Ashar says, I complain to you because of a soul which always commands to do bad things. So this is the first state of the soul. So at the beginning, our souls does not encourage us to do good things. Our soul tries to discourage us to do good things. If I want to do something... For the benefit of other people, my soul comes and says, no. You must be careful. You may yourself need, you know, this money or you may need this time for your family. Why you are bothered about other people? If I want to, for example, do some tahajjud, my soul says, you need some rest. Poor man, you work all the day. So you must have some rest. Why do you do tahajjud? Tahajjud was for the people of the past or for those ulama who don't have any commitments. They can do tahajjud. But you are working, you have a you know, busy job. Why you do tahajjud? So the soul comes and always makes temptations. But the Prophet Yusuf said, Illa ma rahima rabbi. Except the ones who have been given mercy by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which refers to ma'asumin. And the people who are very high in their spirituality. And the Quran says that this, it is very important. When Satan promised to misguide human beings, he said, I will definitely misguide them Except your servant who are the purified. Al-Mukhlasin. Not Al-Mukhlasin. Mukhlasin is those who purify themselves. Mukhlasin is those who are purified. This is higher than Mukhlasin. We are not talking about this now, but maybe in future. So there are some people who are excluded. There is no way to tempt. But most of the people... There is temptation by soul, by Satan. But what should we do? In Surah Zariyat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْحَوَى فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَعْوَى The one who has this fear of his Lord, he appreciates, he understands the high position of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has high regard for his Lord. And refrains 
from bad things that his soul asks. Nahan nafs prohibits his soul from going after her desires and loss and appetites. His abode will be heaven and paradise. So we need to resist. Without resistance against our soul, we cannot do anything. There must be this resistance. And the soul is made of a nature that if you resist against its temptation and educate it, then it changes itself or herself to blaming soul. Which means the soul that herself regrets about bad things that she has done in the past. And then later it will even become better. It will become confident or tranquil soul. So we will reach a state in which instead of our soul inviting us to sleep, you will enjoy tahajjud. Instead of being difficult to fast, you will enjoy fasting. I have seen some non-Muslim people that when we say, you know, that we fast in the months of Ramadan, they feel very, you know, pity and, and very sorry for us. So you know, these poor people, you know, they fast all months of Ramadan. Their God has no mercy <laughs> over them. The uh, last week, th- Thursday, uh, was the day in which Jews also fasted. But Jews fast 24 hours. So I had a conversation with a Jew when I was in Manchester. And he said, we don't eat and drink 24 hours. But this is one day. Meaning that you have to fast for 30 days. It's very difficult. So they think, you know, it's very difficult. But I have seen many converts that when they experience fasting... They enjoy a lot. Not only it's not very difficult, they like fasting. It gives them some sort of strength and pleasure that is totally new. They didn't have such experience when they were non-Muslim. So why? Because the soul has changed. Without change, the soul is certainly boring. Or painful. But after the soul enjoys. So the soul. One of the mystics had a very beautiful idea. The same soul. Which we said it's like. A uh, horse which may rebel. In the end becomes like Burak. You know Burak? Burak was the means of transportation for the Prophet Muhammad when he went to Mi'raj. Okay? So, in the end, you may have a soul that not only does not 
prohibits you going closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but also helps you. So many of you may have this experience that no longer you feel the burden of wajibat. You enjoy. Prayer in the beginning is very difficult. And this is why we must train children when they are very young. It's too late to ask someone who is 20, 25 years old to start praying. Before they become balik, we must start them, you know, start asking them to say prayer. Maybe in the beginning without wuzu. Maybe not full prayer. Gradually, you know, they must be trained. But, you know, if someone is not trained, that would be very difficult. I have seen, you know, people, you know, very mature. But they say we cannot say prayer. It's very difficult. Some of them just in Ramadan, you know, say the prayer. In Ramadan they get the strength. But in 11 months, they don't say prayer. Because there is no training. There is no practice. The soul is not educated. There was a man, very simple man. He gave advice to his son. He said, my son, whatever ulama tell you, you must do. If they say you must fast, you must fast. If they say you go to Hajj, you must go. If they say you must pay homes, you must. But don't listen to them when they say you must say prayer. Because this prayer is very naughty. Never leaves you. Whether you are healthy or ill. In journey or in town. Old or young. You must always pray. Even if you are droning. You know, in fact, we have, even if someone is droning, must say prayer. So he said, don't go near the prayer, because this is difficult. So this man himself had this experience, because he was not trained. So in his practice, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Esta'inu bisabre wa salah. Ask as-sabr, patience, which has been interpreted as fasting. And salat, prayer for assistance. So if you want power, ask power and assistance from fasting and prayer. So you are very strong nowadays. In these days, you are fasting and praying. You are very strong. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, these two things that must help you, But these two, because this ha refers to esta'ana, means asking for assistance, or to prayer. Some people say it goes to esta'ana. So asking for assistance is very difficult. Although these are sources of power, but it's very difficult to go towards them. Except those who have humble heart. Their soul is trained and became mm, humble and polite and trained. It's not wild anymore. This is very important. So by doing this, we can do lots of things. I have to finish now, but 
with a story. Maybe I uh, continue this discussion tomorrow. This discussion of Riyaza. Sometimes people do this training in a religious way and sometimes in a haram way. You know, this soul, if it is trained, becomes free from those chains and barriers and obstacles, becomes very strong. You can do it in two ways. One is in religious way. By taqwa, by praying, by fasting, by not, by not doing haram. You are a very young person and you have lots of, you know, desires. You need marriage, but maybe you cannot. So what can be more strong, stronger than not doing haram in this state? This is great as Riyaza for you and makes you very powerful and strong. So this is halal Riyaza. But some people do it in haram way. For example, they don't eat. You know, like some people in India, you know better than me. There are people who have sort of asceticism. They don't eat, for example, maybe for days and days, they just have one date. For days and days, they just look at one, you know, for example, dot or one, you know, black spot in wall. Sometimes, you know, they keep their hand without any movement for days and days and birds come and, you know, lay eggs and the eggs, you know, become birds and fly. This is Riyaza. And then they become very powerful. They can foresee. They can, you know, tell you about the things that you have in your mind. They can tell you if you have lost something, where it is. This is possible. But this does not mean that they have been able to reach perfection. This shows the ability of the soul. If it is trained will be able to overcome all material and physical limitations. Because as long as we are limited with this body, we can only exercise our power as far as my body reaches. I cannot do something in the other side of the room because I have no physical access. My soul is confined. I cannot see something behind my head. Because my vision is confined to this direction. But when I get rid of this body, my soul is released. Then no longer I am bound to any limitations. Okay? So this can be in good way and in bad way. And you know the story of that person who was able to see secrets. And he was not a Muslim. And Imam Sadr salam saw that many Muslims gathered around him and they started to have doubts. If a non-Muslim can have this power, so maybe there is something wrong in our faith. So Imam salam asked that man, 
how did you achieve, how did you get this power? He said, by disobeying my soul. Whatever my soul desired, I didn't go after it. So if it was hot and I wanted cold water, I didn't drink cold water. I drank boiling water. If I wanted, for example, you know, something very sweet, I didn't eat something sweet. So always I went after uh, something contrary to my desires. So Imam Sadiq said, Do you desire to become a Muslim? He said, No. <laughs> By no means. So Imam said, Now according to your own principle, you must become a Muslim. And as soon as he declared Shahadatain, he said, Now I no, don't see anything. And Imam said, because you had lots of struggle, lots of hard work. And you couldn't go to heaven because you didn't have faith. So Allah gave all your reward in this dunya. So that power that you had, what your reward? Now it's saved for your akhirah. So sometimes this can be achieved by wrong things, wrong methods. And sometimes by good methods. There was a man, and this is my ending story. There was a man in Mashhad. And he was a very famous Arif. And he was one of the students of Marhum al-Nukhudaki. If you have heard about Sheikh Hassan Ali Isfahani al-Nukhudaki. Whose grave is inside the shrine of Imam Raza. And he was very extraordinary man. Anyway, this man was his student, and he was uh, very famous also with uh, strange sciences, you know, ulum al-qaribe, like ilm abjad and these things. And it, uh, still in Iran, you can find uh, some, you know, plates, low, um, which he has calculated, you know, for protection. He used to travel to India, and he used to some while you know stay there. He had a friend who was respecting him a lot, and he was a very rich man. And after you know some while, he saw that that man is not anymore showing respect for him, not visiting him. So he was you know wondering what happened. So once he saw him and asked him, why you are not, you know, uh, coming to visit us? And he said, I have found someone more capable than you. And he is a Hindu. I said, okay, <laughs> I would like to see this man. Not to show his superiority, but, you know, to defeat the superiority of a Hindu over a Muslim. So, he said, he lives in a mountain. So, we should go and visit him. So, they went together to that man. And that man was very powerful. So, as soon as they reached him, he took away the spirit of this man. 
who took this Araf over there. He was able to take away your spirit and bring him back. Okay? This is the power that sometimes they get. Either for themselves or for other people. So, he wanted to show himself, you know. He wanted, because he was not a perfect man. He just had this power. But his mentality was not good. So he wanted to show that, you know, I am very powerful. So as soon as he took away the spirit of that man, this RF stopped him from bringing back the spirit. So he started, you know, uh, sweating and, you know, very painful because he was going, you know, to be dead forever. So he did his best, he couldn't. So he realized that there is something wrong here. He said, you must have done something. And this shows that this man was more powerful because he could have stopped that man. So he said, yes. I only release you if you promise that never you do this with any person. Because this is not allowed. You take away the spirit of the people. He said, I promise. So he brought the spirit back and then... He told that man, this man is not a good man. He is just, you know, a person who wants to show off. If you want real, you know, piety and spirituality, you must achieve it through Islam, through piety, through obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then it would be secondary issue, whether you have such a power or you don't. Because we shouldn't, you know, say, okay, we want a spirituality because I want to take away the spirit of the people or I want to read their minds. No, this is shirk. I shouldn't go after a spirituality because of these things. I should go after a spirituality because I want to get nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are byproducts. They may come or may not. It's not important. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَ أَنَ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِ